Who wants to get funky tonight? Stop, I'm sick of your bullshit. Get your facts straight. I think the shit's about to hit the fan. Ask me if I give a shit. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Silver Emotion Podcast. My name is Will. I had to think about it there. <laughs> and uh, with me is Steven. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, how you doing? Doing all right. Back in action. Back in action. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Silver Motion Podcast. Back in action. Uh, what are we doing today? We're doing uh, anime movie from 2016 uh, called Your Name, directed by Makoto Shinkai. Yep. Probably, um, uh, one of the most recent films we've done. That's got to be the most recent, yeah. I think. Probably the most recent we'll do in a long time. We we tend to stick to the older stuff. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. 2016. It's <laughs> <laughs> this just feels wrong. Yeah, it's like yeah. when I started getting older and I'd see, especially when I worked at the library and I'd see kids that were like born in 96 and it'd be like, what the fuck? 96? <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I still think I'm living in the 90s. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like you just get older and then like, oh, you know, the world's still moving, but. Yeah, I'm sitting there like, PlayStation 2 is old? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's just shit. Like people have talked moves. to and like that's the, like the oldest thing they've played was the PlayStation 2. I'm like, really? Jesus. What the hell? Wow. <laughs> like, I was an adult at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a depressing note to start out on. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> and probably you are too. <laughs> uh, Fuck. Um, so we're talking about this movie, Your Name, uh, with a period. Yes. Your Name with and a no period. no capitals for some reason. No capitals with a period. I, do you think the period means anything? Yeah. I suppose you could come up with a meaning for it if you wanted. Maybe there's something there. I was just wondering if anything I don't have anything on yeah. it, no. Okay. I mean, I, I just kind of noted it as this little grammatical oddity, but yeah, um, to go along with the no capitals, I just thought they were being fancy. Right. I am a little unsure if there is any intent in that from Makoto Shinkai, or if because the, the title would be in Japanese, which does not have capital in lowercase. So did this just get slipped in as the English adaptation? I want to say. I mean, it was purposefully lowercase because, like, I mean, there's anime things that yeah clearly and have capitals, and uh, you and it's clearly intentional. But was it like added in from the English translation part, or I kind of think it might have been there right from the original Japanese? Because a lot know. of times they do have English titles even in Japanese, yeah, and, and weird things. They 
usually that weird grammatical stuff is inserted by the Japanese who don't really understand English grammar in the first place. Right. And so they're just being playful with it and doing things that we look at and go, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Because it, it looks cool. I imagine it's from them. Um, and uh, or him. Uh, whatever the case may be. Right. I, I don't know why. Could be anything. Yeah, it could be literally anything. Yeah. <laughs> could have been from aliens. We don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, Silver Emulsion Conspiracy Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tie everything to aliens. <laughs> you could watch X-Files. Everything's an alien in that movie. Yeah, or yeah. that show. And movies. Whatever. So this uh, movie, Your Name, period, no no capitals, is, <laughs> um, just refer to it as that every time. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's a classic uh, Makoto Shinkai movie where there's two people yeah. who are missing connections. Um, yep. It's a little bit different in this movie. It, it is different. And it's kind of like, I feel like this is in some, like it, it's, something a bit different than he normally does it's kind of i think i mentioned this in the five centimeters thing that i feel yeah. like this is uh kind of the answer to that dangling question that five centimeters left yeah and or at least a conclusion to it it does feel like there's more uh a more complete thing here going on right it doesn't it's it's kind of a very similar story in some ways you know then add in the the fantasy elements but right right but these two people who kind of meet and in a way <laughs> right but well i mean it's just like like in the the first movie voices of a distant star they're two people and they they're never gonna see each other again but they're still trying to communicate and they, right, there's like right. this loss of like yeah, you know, everybody's getting farther apart. That's the Shinkai thing. Yeah, and then and, and then five centimeters. It's a similar thing where they're just kind of, you know, like two people lost and trying to get back to where they were. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. And then this one is kind of like by the nature of the way it's written, they are just going to be separate, and they happen to have met, but like logistically there's no way for them to really be together right yeah so it's, it's a similar it's, at, at a base yeah, it's, level it's a, it's a relationship with distance which right. is what all of his stories are yeah that's kind of the makoto shinkai stamp it is and i wonder <clears throat> um is like he's just gonna do this that you know hit that same <laughs> nail every time until yeah, that I, until I don't know i mean he's still relatively young i feel yeah, I think so. I mean, he's been doing this since, I guess, late 90s was when his, he first started doing stuff. Yeah. And that probably was when he was really young, like just out of school or something. Yeah, so. I imagine him as being like 40-something Yeah, at this point, but yeah, I don't know. somewhere near there. Certainly into his 30s for sure. But So he's also old in, in yeah, terms yeah, of what we were talking about he's, earlier. He's in our age range. <laughs> yeah, he's close enough. Um. I just, I, like I said on the other in five centimeters, I feel bad for him. Like I feel like <laughs> I come and like ah, oh, I feel bad. And well, anyway, but then with this movie, there is more of a closure, 
kind right, of thing right. like where you I do get the sense like oh maybe he has started <laughs> to like evolve the idea that's kind of why I like I'm kind of mentally I pair this with five centimeters because it I, is fairly similar it it is and I feel like it's kind of like because you had mentioned something I think with five centimeters that like he needed a hug or something yes yes and I feel like he could he wouldn't have made this movie if someone hadn't given him that hug <laughs> like yeah no I could see that for sure like so like this this feels like maybe not so much a continuation of five centimeters but in his personal life I feel like if you're gonna go from five centimeters to this right. Something you, happened in the you, meantime. Your life must have gotten a little better somewhere right. along the line. And For sure. <laughs> and this one's a lot lighter, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. even though there's uh, death and destruction or whatever, <laughs> like, serious themes or whatever, it's still also very light. And I don't know that... I mean, we skipped a couple movies but that yeah, I haven't that, seen, but yeah, I don't know that anything else is really... No, he's never really done anything this lighthearted before. Yeah. And... In a way, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Mamoru Hosoda, who uh -huh. did um, Wolf Children, the, the Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Oh, okay. And Summer Wars was like the big one that everybody loved of his that I thought was actually his weakest one. But Oh, shit. <laughs> Throwing it down. I don't know. Everybody loved Summer Wars. They're like, oh, Summer <laughs> Wars. I'm like, uh, it's okay. <laughs> like the others better, but all right. I mean, whatever. <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned that guy because after I watched Your Name, there was a thing on the DVD as a trailer. So I hit trailer thinking like, oh, maybe they'll have like an original Japanese trailer for Your Name. And I can see like what trailers look like in Japan. And the first trailer was for Girl Who Left Through Time. Yeah, yeah, there was. But there at the beginning of that trailer, there's something where like, this girl's on a bike and there's like a train like a <laughs> fucking train going by and it looked just like the shit in five centimeters right and i right. was just like oh okay here we go <laughs> i don't remember this scene but because <laughs> there's also like i think towards the beginning of of your name there's something with the train going by and uh it just yeah, yeah. made me think like oh okay maybe it's some cut scene of this or Nope, it's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, no, trains are very, very prevalent in anime as these thematic elements. Yeah, um, well, they're big in Japan, too. Right? Yeah, yeah, there's very large train network in Japan. It's the most used means of transport there, I think, for getting yeah. around. Uh, certainly in Tokyo, uh -huh. where they've got a very extensive train system. And, uh, I don't think most people drive in Tokyo. I use the trains and driving's a pain in the butt. Like driving in New York, you don't right, want to right. actually, you know, it's that same kind of situation where it's so crowded, the traffic's going to be a nightmare. Even right. if there's not a lot of people on the road, just the nature of. It's just easier to hop on the whatever the fuck subway yeah, I, or whatever. I, I, I want to call it a subway because that's what it, it is in New York, but I think there's a lot of above ground stuff in Japan too. It's not just yeah. a subway system, there's more to it than that. So, I don't know. But yeah, we get some some nice vistas of Tokyo in this movie. Yeah, well, he, he's a fan of the vista. Yeah, that's that's another of his stamps. Uh, yeah, it's part of his signature is the sweeping vistas of glorious uh, sun dappled scenery. He does like that. 
He does like. What do you think of the vistas in this movie as compared to the other ones? Um, this one seemed like in in when I was first watching it because I saw it in the theater because this was actually lucky enough to be in the theater here, yeah. which was itself kind of uh, surprising in a way. But uh, I kind of thought there wasn't very much of it until you get kind of I think around halfway. Okay. And it shows this giant rainbowy comet in the sky. Yeah. Uh, the the first moment you see that within the story itself, and it was like, oh, there we are. There, like that's what I've been waiting for. But this time through, I was noticing a lot more of it in the scenery and stuff around. Like he was kind of going for just the general scenery. Yeah. Where normally I think it's like I think of it as these like awe-inspiring like mystical things that you don't normally see or turning things. Okay. Into, like it it seemed a bit more mundane here, but. Huh. Second time through, I was watching. I'm like, oh, there's there's more of this than I remembered. I just wasn't yeah, picking up on it before. To me, it felt like the, it was like constant <laughs> through the whole thing. It was, and <clears throat> you know, so I don't, I don't know what I was thinking in the theater. Yeah, I, I was I just know. like, I don't know. My my first viewing, I just thought there would be more. And, yeah, and then this time, I'm like, oh, there are more. Why why didn't I notice right. these? I don't know. You were jaded. You were like yeah, expecting. I, the the greatest vistas you've ever seen and when one came up you were like nope <laughs> not good enough and then finally you know the the comment hit and you're like oh okay it's like there's the there we go that's the one i was waiting for <laughs> and it, until that one showed up just nothing was going to satisfy yeah but i will say on the other hand on a on a general level the film was less impressive on a TV screen than on a giant theater screen. Which, That's to be expected. Yeah, so. I was also watching that comet scene that I was so amazed oh, by yeah, in the theater yeah. and going, I'm not as amazed by this one anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> Is it the one where they show the girl and then the camera like moves around her and looks up at the sky and stuff? Yeah, yeah, like, and it like zooms in on her eye and you see it reflected in yeah. her eyes and it's, yeah. Because I could see that, like, on a big screen being very, like, very wow, evocative. look yeah. at that. <laughs> yeah, there's, and the the big explosion-y part at the end is yeah. was also in the theater, just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And wasn't quite so, wow, on a, on a little, uh, like, 32-inch TV. But. Right. Yeah, no, I saw, um, I, I want to say it's the only anime I've seen in the theater, but there might have been others, but the only one I've that I remember seeing at this point is Ponyo, the Miyazaki movie. Mm. I saw that in the theater, and it was like the most amazing experience. It was so cool to see everything so big and right, right, just it's... fucking awesome. And I, I have it. I bought it because it was like, oh, I love this movie it's so great. And I never watched it because it's like <laughs> I'm scared to, to watch it because I don't want it to to like diminish in uh right, right. my my estimation yeah, of it's, it. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen something else in the theater anime wise. So yeah. this was kind of a little refresher on that. Can't remember what the last one I saw in the theater was. Might have might have been uh Howl's Moving Castle actually. Before your name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, that was a few years before. Yeah, that's a it was a pretty big gap between cause, No, I think there was some more recent Miyazaki ones. Um, the one is Sundig. Um, oh, Arietti. Poppy Hill. Poppy Hill. Poppy Hill you that saw might that? have been the last one I saw. 
I did see Arietti in the theater. Not as impressive, but it was a smaller theater. So, mm. yeah, Arietti. I, yeah, I don't think of that one as having gar- like amazing visuals. I mean, it was gorgeous as always because it's a Ghibli film. But yeah, very nice. But yeah, but not stunningly nice. Just no. Like, uh, partially, I guess, because everything in that movie was very mundane and normal. Like it was all just normal objects. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Nothing magical or mystical in there. The way. Howl's Moving Castle has a giant walking castle and right. weird magical bombing aerial whatever the hell they are. And <laughs> I don't remember that. Strange. Yeah, that that movie has some really fantastical hmm. elements that are. I have to watch it again. I only saw it the one time. I just remember like the the little old lady and thinking like. Oh, it looks like the old lady from Spirited Away. Mm. And yeah, yeah, I can see that. And like the castle kind of moving. Uh, I don't really remember much about that <laughs> one at all. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, check it out again. It's a uh, it's one of my favorite Miyazaki films. So. Yeah, I should watch it again because it it was like, man, eh, this is all right. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly, I don't remember it. So. It's been a while. Yeah, it's uh, pretty old by now, like a decade or something now. Yeah, I want to say at least, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get much anime in the theaters, so it's uh, really lucky to get this one in the theater. And you go, wow. Yeah, well, did your name play like a regular movie in the theater? Like Um, you had multiple times to go see it? Yeah, I think so. I think... I think sometimes were the dubbed version. Yeah, okay. And subti- and, but there was a subtitled showing of it, too. Yeah. So I think it got... I mean, it was in... Was it the Regal Theater, I think? I mean, it was in... A, yeah. It wasn't like some... I had to go to some art house theater or something. Right. It was I a only, standard theater. I only ask because there... Like, sometimes I'll see ads on the internet for, like, oh, we got this new anime movie. It's coming out one night only. <laughs> Yeah, it was not that. It's like it was, one of those uh, fathom events, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's occasional weird things like that. Yeah, I meant to look at more into that. They were doing something in Miyazaki films like that around here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should like look into that, and then I didn't because I was lazy and forgetful. Oh man. <laughs> well, maybe it's you got to check it out. Yeah. Get on top of these things. Yeah, I would have uh, loved to see Princess Mononoke in the theater if they were yeah. showing that one. That would have been my. Yeah, maybe they did, and you missed yeah, it. Yeah, how are you gonna? F- yeah, I'll be on my deathbed, going, "Why? <laughs> Why didn't I check the Cinemark listings?" <laughs> it's like I could have seen Princess Mononoke yeah. in a theater. Why? <laughs> you're doing pretty good if that's your only regret. <laughs> I mean, if that's at the top of the list when you're dying, I mean, you can't you can't complain too much about yeah. that. You know, grandkids all going like, oh, this story again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, your name. I want to ask you a question. Because to me, it felt like it was almost like three half-hour episodes connected by songs. Mm. <laughs> connected by songs. <laughs> and, you know, it did strike me that at the beginning, you've got like an opening credit sequence that yes. felt very much like a TV it very much credit does. sequence. Yes, it, ve- it put me in a very 
odd move like right away. It was just like, whoa, you're going to start the movie like this? That's odd because it yeah, feels yeah. like a TV show. And when I saw it in the theater, I got there a few minutes late and I missed that part. Oh, shit. So, I, so that was all brand new to me that first part i was like oh whoa what huh? oh, okay weird. so i was apparently later than i thought because i missed like a good four or five minutes of it oh, wow. and so I, I didn't think i was that late to the theater but apparently I was. apparently you so. weren't dragging your heels yeah <laughs> i i was overestimating how much fluffery of commercials oh, they yeah. were gonna put in yeah. front of the movie i guess maybe yeah, yeah. maybe well usually they put quite a chunk yeah usually I mean, like I if i get there right on time it's like i'm sitting there for 10 minutes like when's the movie gonna start <laughs> right yeah every time i go i don't go to the theater hardly at all anymore but when i do it's usually like a year or two in between times and whenever i do i'm always like oh shit everything's different now <laughs> like wow they're showing fucking all these commercials and you know it's just like a big change every time and i was always like oh my god yeah. <laughs> what is movies like the last time when i went um it was like the theater that i went to is all reserved seating and it's oh just yeah, like, yeah 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 what the fuck is this i just want to sit the fuck down like <laughs> uh, that was yeah yeah that was kind of uh, it bothered me i don't it was your name. I think there was something else I want. Was there something? I don't know. But yeah, when that first ran into that, I'm like, what? Why? It was like 20 people in this theater right. made for like 50 or 60. Like, what? why is there reserved seat? Right. And then they're like, pick your seat. I'm like, pick my seat. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> okay. There's 10 people. Like, whatever. So then I pick a seat where there's nobody. I'm like, all right, just give me this fucking seat. And then... I get there and there are these giant fucking like uh, a, a recliner things for like it, it's like the ultimate in American decadence. It's just like <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I don't need a recliner like a. And then there's literally like half the theater is at least half the theaters is wide open, and then yeah. people happen to pick the seats like right around me <laughs> like god damn it <laughs> what the fuck yeah I've, I've no, everybody wants to be like in the center and maybe a little farther towards the back that's where it kind of clusters or yeah. you get the people who want to be right up in the front row that's kind of but everybody wants to be in the center so you kind of got this like column in the center of the theater yeah i i tried to pick around that but I don't know. I just got screwed, and then and then I I always feel weird, so I don't move because it's just like I'd rather just sit there and be angry <laughs> <laughs> than to like actually move. Um, but whatever. I I just don't plan to go to that theater anymore. And but then they'll probably make the other one reserve by the time I get to that one again. So yeah, whatever. Oh. Anyway. Um, seems to be their thing now. Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense on like busy nights when they're actually selling out a theater. But the maybe. only thing it makes sense to me for is you're gonna go to like midnight and you don't want to wait in a big ass line. You just want to be like, oh, I got the fucking the dopest seat in the house. I <laughs> bought it online two weeks ago, 
and then you want to roll in like a VIP. <laughs> but just limo walk out, throw the red carpet but, down, saunter through the theater. Right. But the thing about if you're going to go see a movie at midnight to see the fucking like oh this is the first showing of the new Star Wars or whatever, like fucking get your ass in line. That's part of the experience of going to the fucking shit at midnight. I don't you know I just I don't like this like pick your shit beforehand and yeah it's, walk in it's, I weird. Don't know. it's like it's like people i feel like they want to make make the the <laughs> i could get real <laughs> real dark on this but um <laughs> i feel like it's done not for uh, any specific reason other than to psychologically trick <laughs> the the common people into like feeling like they're better than their actual status in life. <laughs> like I feel like a lot of uh, capital corporate corporate things are like specifically designed for that. But, yeah, it wouldn't uh, surprise me. That's me. Going very Orwellian here. Very. This this is the first step towards 1984. It's fucking a man. There's a show called Undercover Boss, and it's this happy fucking show. Like, oh, the 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 CEO is going undercover, and he's gonna you know work with the people, and the people that he works with, oh, they have problems, and and by the end of the show, the boss is gonna solve their problems, and it's this sort of, and every sh every mm -hmm. single show follows the same script, basically, like the same right. arc, and the whole thing is just set up to like, uh, like give the, the minimum wage worker at <laughs> fucking wherever th they're profiling, like the hope that, oh, my hard work will pay off one day. <laughs> I will be recognized. Like, no, it's a fucking corporation. They're just trying to put a face on their, you know, fucking right. you over. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> your name. <laughs> very lighthearted. Uh, yeah, little <laughs> yeah, very... Uh... <laughs> Full of corporate cheer. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, does have a little uh, corporate audit stuff at the end there when he's trying to get a job and going to all the job interviews and. Yeah, I don't even like. Well, that was part of the thing. Like, I didn't really get the point of the the whole thing. I mean, I guess that's always my thing with <laughs> with these Shinkai things, but I don't know. The songs kind of bothered me. Hmm. Not a fan of the songs. N not at all. <laughs> like to be, uh, I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't like them, and I, it felt it made it feel like a TV show. Like, like, um, and it's interesting because you say that he goes back and forth between feature length and shorter things. Yeah, it seems to kind of. And it made me feel sense. like like he's not sure of himself to tell a complete arc like as mm. a feature like without kind of segmenting it up and um like this is probably the most cohesive start to finish story i've seen of his yeah yeah um yeah. i just didn't really see the point of the songs like it just didn't it didn't. I don't. I mean, I didn't like the songs musically because <laughs> of of their like so fucking modern. Yeah, they're very. It's a very modern. Um, very modern movie. 
Yeah, so like I didn't like that, so I just was trying to figure out like, well, why? Like, well, even if I did like this, like, what's the point of this? I didn't. I just it was very odd to me to have the songs. Yeah, they didn't uh, didn't strike me as unusual, and that anime just tends to do that to throw in a yeah. a song overlaying imagery and in I guess a movie in the middle of a movie like that. I've seen it before. Yeah. Hmm. And they'll, they'll do that. Hmm. Trying to think of specific examples, but the only one I'm specifically thinking of because it stood out in my mind as being so yeah. weird was um, They Were Eleven, which was a weird kind of a mystery movie Yeah, about these guys stuck in on a spaceship. They're on a training mission, and there's it was going to be, okay, there's going to be ten of you guys on this spaceship, and you're going to have to prove that you are good enough to be proper like astronauts or whatever yeah so this is your your big final test to become astronauts at our whatever organization and they show up and there's 11 of them and they're like wait there's supposed to be 10 of us the fuck is this 11th guy doing and who is he who's the like no i'm supposed to be like everybody goes around the table like no i'm supposed to be here yeah like who the fuck isn't but like there's only supposed to be 10 of us why are there 11 so it's basically a mystery of what the fuck is going on yeah and so you know things start going bad on the ship and so there's like sabotage so it's not just like this stupid mystery it's like yeah this this 11th guy whoever he is is sabotaging the shit out of our ship and wrecking our whole life here like what are we going to do about this uh-huh. so and and so it's getting this whole intensity going and then like midway through they're in the cafeteria and they just have a fucking food fight and there's this fucking song over it and it was just like what the hell <laughs> like, like okay just total <laughs> weird shift that was yeah. really hilariously weird and it kind of stood out to me that this this musical number yeah, that's over very this, strange, it was just, yeah. what <laughs> but so that's the one that sticks out in my mind but yeah, it sticks yeah. out because it's unusual usually they make that musical note sync up with the tone of the film and the mood yeah. and the scenes and stuff and what Yeah, I would I would say that the songs in your name are definitely like together with the the arc of the movie and all of that. It didn't seem like terribly out of place. It's just um I guess it's just me not liking modern music <laughs> mostly because might they, be it yeah cuz I'm like I'm si- I'm forced to listen to it and I'm watching the movie and it's like yeah it's kind of kind of j-poppy and yeah I mean and I don't even mind I guess I just mind modern maybe if it was 90s maybe if it was know, 90s if it was yeah, if yeah. it was 80s I would definitely enjoy it so right right it's uh I think it's just the generation gap or my old crotchetiness well, maybe, <laughs> but but it it did make me feel like like I wasn't watching a a feature. I was like, what am I watching? Like I thought this was a movie. <laughs> like why, you know? And it was just it seemed like like he started with one, and then right at about thirty minutes, there's one, <laughs> and then very close to an hour, there's another one, <laughs> and it was just like it's like it's too. There's, it can't be a coincidence that it's right on these marks, and it's and it's um, like there would be big shifts in story as well at the same moments, which I guess is why there would be a song because it's like yeah, yeah. dropping oh shit, and then the song to sort of like 
let you process that oh shit moment. But uh, that's what I thought you were going to say with they were 11. <laughs> they were like like showing 10 people and then like 11 guy <laughs> pops up and then they just play a song. <laughs> like of everyone like looking like, whoa, what? who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to... Because he's, he's definitely used music in all of his films. He's For he, sure. Even Voices of a Distant Star, I remember it's it's uh song being a uh, very yeah like dramatically impactful application of it like he's, yeah he's very big on making this dramatic musical moment he in does all of his films. i mean yeah he definitely seems like he's into it um <clears throat> and it's just not something i don't know that if you I watched like. the interview with it that was on there it was a, one of the extra features it was an interview with shinkai he was talking about like what what do you enjoy about the process like well he, like the things he he liked in his earlier films was uh, compositing the whole thing of of blending all okay. of the different because he'd he'd draw something he'd animate something on the computer he'd do yeah. something else and then he'd have to yeah. smush them into a single image. There's and, a lot of that going on. And he said, but now that he's this director of a whole team, it's usually the the other people doing all of that. And so what he's enjoying now is syncing the music up with it and, oh, and okay. design. And you would say that he's like storyboarding scenes around the songs that he's planning on yeah. using in them. And so he's, so that's kind of his big thing. So he's super into it. Yeah. He's, wow. he's, he's really into just having that musical accompaniment right. and, and how it meshes with the flow of the story. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I'm just too old. I mean, I, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't, know. We're, I don't like the modern stuff. Uh, but that's my personal thing, so I can't fault him if he thinks that they're synced up well. Mm -hmm. That's so, his prerogative. So it's <laughs> what he intended, at any rate. Yes, it's, yes. It's... No, it reminded me of the, the at the end of Five Centimeters. There's, there's that a, big song. A big you song. Were, you were not a fan of. I was not a fan of it. And then the this movie starts with the big song that for all i knew sounded like the same song to me and it was just like <laughs> oh, okay i guess this is the the natural like <laughs> follow-up we're starting right where five <laughs> right centimeters where ended, ended. Yeah. start with the song um it just it seemed weird to, yeah, to open to, a movie like that i'm trying to remember if his other feature length ones kind of because it's been a while since i've seen them there's a yeah place promised that was his first real feature-length one. I don't remember songs in that, but they're probably Yeah, I don't is. really remember it much. It, not in that one. And um, Children Who Chase Last Voices. That one you haven't seen, I don't think. I don't think so. And I don't re really remember there being much in the way of songs on that either. Yeah. And I haven't seen that since it came out, and that's like... That was a while ago now. That's... Is that the Miyazaki one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm so curious about that one. Early 2010s, I think not sure exactly but i don't remember songs being a huge part yeah. of it breaking it up but m maybe there were but well i, mean, I don't want to harp too much i mean i've, I've harped enough on it yeah, <laughs> surely you you you've got your prerogatives so yeah no i and to me the 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 art of of cinema the greatness of of the art of cinema if I get highbrow is that it combines the visual arts with the the auditory arts and it combines them into one singular piece of art and i feel 
um, like the combination is very important to me in a similar way to what you're describing about Shinkai being like, I'm, this is so cool. I'm into it. I want to sync all this stuff up, but like, he clearly has a different sensibility than I do. (laughs) Clearly. And so (laughs) I can't argue that it's not well done. It is. And the songs are fine. (laughs) If you're into that kind of thing, I'm just not into that. So like, right. right. It's just, um, I just, the choice though, to open a movie with a fucking montage of random shit that like, isn't even necessarily like, is it telling us anything about the beginning of the movie? I don't, I just feel like it's just a, the opening of a TV show where it's like, Oh, here's a bunch of clips of things that you don't know what they are yet. Right. Right. And uh... just like, what can you imagine? Like a, another, like a live action movie, just starting with the random, montage of clips (laughs) it just seems like such a strange choice to me and maybe it's a japanese thing they do it all over the time i don't know uh, but it's just it's it's definitely something that was weird in this movie that you don't normally get in a film yeah it's it's it definitely struck me as a tv show thing right this this is the opening credits of a tv show yeah that's really what it felt like weird because i don't think he's ever done a tv show (laughs) well maybe he wants to (laughs) it may be it's like fuck it i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna do it in my movie (laughs) was that even the credit sequence of the movie though it was the credit it was okay so i mean it was just it was the opening credit sequence but all right and that did the whole thing where the movie ends with the title of yeah it did it did end which is a much more modern thing than it didn't come up earlier. I don't, you know, I think it did. I don't I'm not remember. Sure. It definitely ended with it. Well, it like definitely the, ended with it, yeah. But, at, but I think it was also in the opening somewhere. Okay, but I don't I could remember. be wrong on that. I don't remember. I'm not, not a hundred percent on that. Yeah, it is a very modern thing to like to end the movie with end the, the movie screen, with the yeah. title and not even have a title earlier or right. like um, like a lot of movies now don't have opening credits. They'll just show a title and move on. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, one of the first movies to do that was Star Wars, where it just opens with Star Wars at a crawl, and then the actual Mm, credits are after the movie. And I remember when I got real into Star Wars after um, the the J.J. Abrams one, like, really fucked with my head, I watched all these movies and documentaries and things and in that they talked about how george lucas had to fight the studio because they told him he needed an opening credit sequence (laughs) because that's the way movies are done and he was just like no it's not gonna fucking work for this movie this movie is different you gotta trust me and then like whatever the fuck happened he got them to trust him and then of course now it's the most iconic opening in a fucking movie, you know? Right. Um, and now a lot of movies follow suit and uh, just show an opening title or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's why I think uh, whenever you show me one of these old Shaw Brothers movies. Yeah. Like, uh, they always have a sequence, yeah. Yeah, but they often don't have an end sequence, and that always throws me. Yeah, well, the end well, sequence is just so briefly just a. Uh, yeah, well, that goes back to old old movies. Like there was never end credits until maybe like I don't know the sixties. 
or something like really old movies just the end and that's the fucking end of the movie everything was at the front and then it slowly over time transitioned to be at the end um but yeah Shaw Brothers only like I've only seen a few Shaw Brothers movies that actually show end credits like a crawl or just a couple of end credits. It's very rare in theirs, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it always takes me by surprise just yeah. because I'm so used to the credits being at the end. No, it's just it fucking just... the end. <laughs> Another yeah, it's shot just like production. the end. And then like just, I'm like, oh, it's, it's back to the title. Whoa, okay, that's, it's back to the menu. Yeah. All right, all right. I, I was expecting to oh, kind of sit back and relax and digest the story for a few <laughs> minutes. <laughs> that's it. That's all you get. Yeah, it's all at the front. I ain't got no time for fucking credits. <laughs> I got shit to do. At <laughs> the end, I'm done. I'm out of here. Yeah, so that's a strange aspect of the story of the, the movies. It's credit sequence. So. Yeah. Uh so your name. Back to so your name. It's its timeline is definitely confusing. It's timeline I wouldn't uh, eh. It kind of jumps back and forth a bit. It does. It does. I I think it's well told in that I didn't think it was that confusing yeah, at I mean, all. I, I, I was understanding it. Yeah. I could certainly see where somebody would be like, what in the freaking hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I <laughs> mean, some if points, they're not if paying they're, attention. Yeah. I, don't, I feel like... I think because this was my second time going through it yeah. and I kind of knew what was going on there were moments in there where I saw him doing little trickery yeah of and I could see what he was doing that I don't think anyone watching it for the first time would be capable of realizing cuz they don't know what okay the overall story is so yeah the only time that I was really like okay what the fuck <laughs> is when it ended and I was just like okay like what what <laughs> what what is this what is this movie's like what is the point of the whole thing which i always have with his stuff <laughs> and then um right at the beginning yeah right at the beginning is where i was noticing a lot of these like the girl moments. wakes up and she starts grabbing her boobs and she's like oh they're so real <laughs> And it's just like, huh? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, there's... What am I dropped into? What kind of movie is this? And then... Especially because you come into that right after the PG rating, and you're like... <laughs> yeah, it's just odd. It's just like, okay, that like, why would a, a girl... You know, it doesn't just happen overnight. Why would she be like this? What the fuck? So I was... You know, it immediately puts you off, and then over the course of the next few minutes or whatever you eventually uh figure out why i mean he tells you oh it's you know these things are happening and then you go oh okay that's why right right all that stuff was happening and there's there's a few like just cuts in there that make it odd in that in that it has her waking up yeah and it's the guy but then it cuts immediately to her going to breakfast which you assume naturally is going to be a continuation of that scene, but it's the day later, and it's actually her. It's not the guy. So it's it does some weird. Very early in the film, it does some weird cuts like really, that. yeah, yeah. What? Where she goes down, and then everybody's telling her like, "Oh, you were acting really freaking weird yesterday," and she's like, "What? Huh?" 
and there's like this that's transition true. That that's true that's true yeah notice, yeah where it's it, it is actually her and not yeah you're right i didn't and, even think about that and there's there so there's some weird cuts there in the beginning where he's just deliberately throwing things off to disorient you i guess right and i was kind of like oh that's interesting yeah because you you see that she's she's trying to figure out oh it's so real those boobs wow and then yeah she goes down and then she goes to school and then her grandma's like oh you're normal again today right right right, <laughs> it's like, right. so it's kind of it jumps that day and so yeah. it it does occasional weird things like so how that. do you feel about that the first time through obviously you don't notice that second time right. through do you feel cheated as a viewer or do you um, feel like no, he's no. fucking with you in I a bad way I don't feel that at all I mean that's kind of the job of the director or the writer is to yeah. fuck with you and <laughs> to kind of to as long as they do it right and yeah, yeah. kind of you can see the story in the end I mean right. I, I am a fan of that shift in perspective that makes you see the story in a new light yeah so, yeah uh, I, I'm fond of that I like all right. that all right it's one of the things I kind of like about the movie is uh, this second time through was interesting just to see how it was built up to what it became. yeah it would be see, an interesting see the hints of it ahead of time yeah to see and a second uh, time would be interesting for sure yeah and before those weird opening credits that were this weird montage yeah. there's kind of this moment where they're talking about the past and how they're they've been missing this they've had this this sadness and then, then you have their them narrating back and forth yeah of basically the same narration so they each do with the yeah okay i remember of, that like sometimes i wake up and i feel like i've had this dream and i feel really sad and i don't really know why because i can't remember it yeah and they're both and and that going into it again i was like oh I, i'm seeing where this is uh building to right and then when i finished the movie this time and paid attention to the end i realized you could go back to the beginning and it made more sense again so oh, okay um because i i actually my blu-ray player was fucking up so it turned off just randomly in the middle of the movie and it was it had weird oh. skipping moments that I'm not sure if it were because this is modern music. And I was like, is it, it deliberately skipping the music or is my Blu-ray player fucking up? And then it just suddenly turns off on me. And I'm like, I don't know. So oh. <laughs> so I just started it up again just to be like, OK, are you working right? Blu-ray like what yeah, is it yeah, going to yeah. do shit different? And then I so I saw that opening again. And so I was like, oh, holy crap. Like I wouldn't have pieced it together without seeing it directly after yeah, the yeah. ending okay and so it kind of felt like it all that beginning little sequence almost belongs at the end almost yeah. where it's it kind of explains a bit of what they're going through at the end is what it is there it's them at the end of the movie when they're when they're adults not as the high school kids so that first scene of the movie is them at the end of the movie yeah yeah so okay. it's a it's, it's another weird <laughs> i have to watch it again yeah it's, it's 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 got this weird little timeline that's bouncing around and it's not it's definitely not told chronologically yeah it's not physically possible to tell this story chronologically i don't think really no no by nature it has to be told the way that it is um yeah but it, it's definitely a weird one and 
There's there's this thing in the interview where he said like right at out of the gates he just uh, he never even considered the idea of of really explaining the timeline in the movie itself because it was going to be so weird and it wasn't yeah. really about that it was about the relationship and as long as right yeah I don't know that any explanation of yeah and and I was when he said that I was kind of thinking well I mean I don't think it needed an explanation it was kind of fine the way it was yeah like, I don't think that would. And I pieced together as much as I needed to piece together of right. what was going on with the time stuff. Yeah, and and there's no explanation of why they're having these dreams, or is there? Am I wrong? Or? Um, because to now, me, now I, we're getting into the fantasy elements of it. Yeah, which is I would say just magic, I guess, in in short, but. I would also right. say well, to me that I mean that's not really an explanation. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, I think they're more tying it into God, I guess, and okay. at least this particular God because she works at or she's she's her family has for generations been caretakers of this shrine. Yes, and that's a very Shinto thing to okay have this shrine dedicated to the spirit of the area that is going on and they kind of so i think it's going back to i guess it would be this god giving them this or or causing this within this line of priests that have okay. tended to the area because it mentions at some point uh that her grandmother went through this yes yeah, her mother had this as well that's and, right they do and say so that. it's like so and when he go, when he goes into this cave this shrine that's where they put the uh the fermented rice whatever the sake, sake yeah. stuff the, the they have a really big weird long word for it like kami katsu something yeah i don't remember what the word was but it was um they show the the ritual of making it right where right. they take the, they, the the rice chew it, up, chew it up spit it out and, it, and then it ferments yeah and they, they store it in this cave in yeah this jug and, and then so. it becomes sake and apparently according to the thing it's the oldest way to make sake or at least uh According to their tradition. Well, yeah, I mean, that's about I don't Whatever. know. Yeah. Yeah. So they do this cave where they put that and the guys there later on and he, he goes back like he's trying to figure out all these answers. He right. goes into this cave and he trips and falls and his light shines up at the ceiling and he sees this whole painting of the comet as it splits in two. And it's clearly like ancient, possibly centuries, if not the thousand year old painting on the ceiling. Yeah. And he realizes then that this is something that has, and he, that this has been going on for so long. And it, like, and his, his theory on this is that this is what the, these priests have been going through every generation has been building to this moment. And leading oh, to okay. the, that this, so you could say that it's this God constantly giving these priests these dreams to set up this solution to rescue the town from this catastrophe that's going to happen in the future yeah and so in that sense it's kind of this deliberate attempt of this god to save the town that seems like a real long-winded <laughs> way to yeah. go about it um you, you know you could just tell the priest hey um the town's gonna blow up in right this year. right kind move of... everybody to the high school <laughs> but no let's go through <laughs> A series of dreams through countless generations over thousands of years to all lead to this moment. I like the idea that it all leads to that one moment, but I just, you know, I question the, the God and, like, his logic in this case. Like, come on, man. There is another point in there, and 
I mean, it's still your, your question still applies, but they, I think he was perhaps trying to answer this with the. Uh, they also mentioned in the past this fire that destroyed all of their records, and that yeah. all they're left with are these traditions, and they don't know why they've been doing oh, them. Okay, but okay. they've been doing them for centuries, and they're just going to keep doing them because that's what they've been doing, and they yeah. don't really know why because all of the records of what it was for was lost. But they're still just keeping forging ahead, right? And still doing it. Hmm. So maybe this is a. This still doesn't explain why the god didn't come in after that and just say, um, here, here's all this shit that got destroyed. I'm gonna just tell you all this again because right. you forgot. You well, know, yeah, but, God works in mysterious <laughs> ways. He, he definitely damn well does in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. Well, that yeah. No, I like that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I liked it, the movie as it is, but I just, um, I know it doesn't sound like that, though I'm talking about yeah, the music and stuff. Yeah, but you're, you're, you seem kind of down on it. I definitely enjoyed it. It was, it's a, it's, it's easily the, the most uh, easily watchable, digestible movie of his that I've seen. That yeah. I, you know, I, I like it probably the most of anything i've seen right I, I think this is my favorite of his movies as well yeah and i th i think and this is part of why i was kind of down on children who chase lost voices and I th it's, yeah is that like i've always felt like he's like every movie i've watched of him like oh this guy's got potential he's going places right right and then it's just like each movie it's like oh he's he's just not there he's yeah, like a yeah. step shy of where like I feel like he's gonna really hit a, hit a home run right. on this, and it's just and it's like Children Who Chase Lost Voices. Like, oh, this is gonna be it. It's is it's this big feature length, epic fantasy adventure. They're gonna go on some massive quest, <laughs> and there's gonna be cool stuff, and it's gonna be filled with Shinkai visuals, and it's yeah. gonna be amazing. And then it was just like, oh, it's just a Miyazaki film. Oh. Miyazaki and it, light. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, that was just. And so I was kind of like upset at that because it's like I know you can do better than this Shinkai. Yeah, yeah right, like, right. And now, and I, this is the movie where I feel like he he crossed that line to actually do yeah, like from from making good movies to this is a great movie. And this oh, okay. Is like, I've, you feel like this is the, the the first great one. Yeah, yeah. This, okay. this is what I knew. Like. This, this like I feel like this was the one I was waiting for. Like, okay. I knew okay. you can do it, Shinkai. Just <laughs> I know he could just, just right. that one extra little push, and I feel yeah. like he he's got that extra little push in this one. So in a way, you could say that Shinkai um, is passing down his knowledge <laughs> <laughs> from young Shinkai to the Shin older Shinkai yeah. through yeah. each film. All leading to this point. To this point, yes. <laughs> this is the important moment. Yes. Although I will be sad if this is the best film he ever makes, because then it means everything is downhill from here. So yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the <laughs> that happens. But that's the the hard thing about being an artist. I mean, yeah, you're, you're always striving to do something, but at some point, you're gonna have made your best one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, that interview said uh, uh, something else interesting was that I guess a lot of people felt this one was a big change. A lot of people felt like, oh, this is a big change from his other stuff. And, oh, really? And it it kind of is in that it has comedy. <laughs> like he's never really done comedy before. It's definitely yeah. It's it's more lighthearted um, and it's it's lighthearted. It 
doesn't have a very somber, sad ending, which most of his films have always kind of had. For sure, yeah. And he's talking about it. He's like, well, it wasn't really trying to like make a departure. He's like, I was, and he was saying, like, back in my previous film, which was like 2012 or whatever for Garden of Words or something, is that I, I did that movie and I felt that was the best movie I could make at the time. And so when I started this movie, I just wanted to make the best movie I could make now. Right. And so he was just going, "What? What can I do with this? What can I? How can I improve?" And he's like, "I've I haven't done this comedy thing. I'm going to try and start using this comedy and see what okay. I can accomplish with that." And so it's just him. So he did consciously choose to make a lighthearted move, a light more lighthearted, or thing. yeah, to at least use the comedy and right. and okay. that comedy kind of morphed it into something different but but it, it, at the same time i mean it feels yeah. very much like all of his other stuff yeah yeah it's seen. definitely a shinkai film yeah there's, there's no mistaking it for something else it doesn't feel like that much of a departure i mean no no it feels like it's sort of infused with uh we got i was going to mention this when we got sidetracked somehow because we get sidetracked yeah um the mamoru hosoda films how he that guy has a lot of uh, just banter. It's like his movies are always this uh, back and forth between okay. characters, and I feel like a little bit of that got injected into this. Okay, in, in a like it's it kind of has that feel of yeah. He's this kind of lighthearted banter going about it that has always been Mamoru Hosoda's big strength as a filmmaker and. Uh-huh. not shinkai's and it feels like he he yeah, got that in there and i would yeah i don't know that like with just thinking about five centimeters because that's the one that's freshest in my head right like there's parts of that movie that i they're just like slow and mm-hmm. like the animation is um not bad but like there's like very little animation while you're watching the yeah, movie yeah. <laughs> and so like it's not helping the slowness of the story because right, you're watching right. this like oh not static but like kind of static image and so this movie is definitely not that yeah and so there's a choice that, in that part of that is that we skipped a couple movies where he's growing his studio and what it's right. capable of technically is growing this whole time as well yeah like no, every one of his movies just visually gets better and better and more uh, good animation gets put in there and stuff yeah so no, this, this is this is pretty high quality for yeah, sure I mean, this was this was definitely uh, this one reminding me of a Ghibli film in a good way, in yeah. just that there's so many little details in the environment and the things people are doing in their daily lives. Like there's a, there is there is like a, a lot scene of where that. they're just cooking breakfast and then you just want them crack an egg over and, and the egg starts cooking up and you're like yeah oh, like well, that's that, something that felt Miyazaki in a good way of not that, yeah for <clears> sure <throat> that was odd to me in specific because they cracked the egg over a bunch of uh, ham slices on yeah, yeah. in the pan and i thought oh, i guess they just have that's how they do it in japan <laughs> yeah that's kind of what i was thinking too. <laughs> that was an odd little moment like oh okay right on the ham i get sure i guess <laughs> i mean i i've made eggs with ham but it's usually you know it's like chopped up so it's you kind of mix it up and you know i've never just like put it right on top like all right yeah, i guess but hey you know they they do that in that family it is yeah least. it's their their prerogative um what was i gonna say that's what i was gonna say 
Devil's Advocate. <laughs> I watched this movie and I thought, is it too nice looking? <laughs> <laughs> I like. This is something that I think about a lot, not just with this movie. Uh, I think about it with modern video games and other like 3d animation and anything like that anything where there's a replication of reality Mm -hmm. and so much effort is put onto replicating like reality within this like stylized thing and and so in this movie they achieve a very high level of realism in the backgrounds and the animation and yeah, everything yeah. looks fucking great. And like they definitely achieved what they're setting out to do. But for me, I just feel like, why don't you just make a live action movie? <laughs> if you're going to go to that much trouble. I mean, there's like one second shots in this movie of like some vendor doing some shit. And it's like literally a second or two. And it's, really super fucking detailed and then you never see that guy again and it's just like man i don't know how much time i mean maybe they they fast drawing or whatever but like all this effort went into that and then like nothing it's just it's just gone it's two seconds you don't even get to visually like take it in <laughs> i just like all these wasted uh time i don't know just make a fucking live action movie <laughs> i don't i don't see the point in replicating reality like to me animation video games whatever anything like that like i see it as more of a stylistic choice and so the style of things that you couldn't do in reality should be more embraced than just purely replicating reality right and i would say that there's kind of yeah to that there's but I'd also say that Shinkai, one of the things that I've always been drawn to its films by is that he makes these very realistic scenery and stuff, but he draws them in a way that is very unrealistic at the same time and that they're they're this, glorified yeah. in, they a, are, in a way yeah. that you know a, a painter would paint a landscape in this the most true. glorious way possible and yeah. that's and he does that with the most mundane things. And so I I don't know. Like, if, if you had this in live action, would it have looked this way? I don't know. Would it have had this brightness to it and this beauty to it that he puts into just about freaking everything in the I would, planet? No, definitely not. And that would be the strength of him doing it in anim- animation for sure. Right. Um, and... Once again, it's just comes to his sensibility and mind, <laughs> right, right? Just not seeing eye to eye, and yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about it. I liked it. I yeah. can't well, complain like, like about said, it. Devil's advocate, but and that's, that's I, a good thing to do every it, once in a while. It's a thing that it just bothers me, and it because not that this movie is you know wasting time or whatever. I see it more in Western things where they're just like. I don't know. They spend so much money to make like whatever this movie costs is probably a very small fraction of whatever the new Marvel movie costs. 
and like all of that time and effort to make of these things that are just going by in a flash and it's just i don't know um but i i as a sci-fi person i think about it like 20 years from now Mm. like vr is becoming a thing so Mm, yeah all these things 20 years on like everybody's going to be replicating reality like there's go outside there's reality like we don't need that like it's just yeah yeah i i, I agree very, with that sentiment that's why i yeah. like fantasy yeah and and i don't really watch a lot of like realistic movies and stuff yeah yeah okay like if i'm gonna be realistic i've got reality there all is around outside me. i right. don't need a realistic story i can read a history book I can yeah read, you know there, i could watch a documentary if i wanted reality right um i would say Another thing for this, if if this were live action, and then they had that big comet go by, yeah, that would have to be like CG or something. Yeah, I mean, w- would you have liked that instead? <laughs> like, well, I don't know would, that I, I don't know that that would visually impress me in any way if the way that this did. I'm not arguing that this movie should have been live action. Yeah, I just want to be clear, <laughs> like the movie would not be what it is in live action for right, sure. Right. I just like. If you're gonna spend all that time drawing this, it just feels like, uh, uh, come on, like, do you do you want to make an animation? I don't know. In the middle of it, when he, he goes into the fucking, yeah, like, he has when it weird, gets like, kind uh, of, uh, I don't want to say acid trippy because like everybody says that, but like, yeah, yeah, when it he, goes psychedelic, that shit was dope. Yeah, like that's yeah. my favorite part of the movie by far mm. because it is totally like. It's it's doing like, that stylistic yeah, it's thing. It's totally yeah. embracing anim- things that could only be done in animation. Right. But uh, your point to the the refined beauty of everything, like that could only be done in animation as well. Like otherwise he'd be sitting there for months <laughs> waiting for the right <laughs> yeah, light to, to hit take through. A picture, right, yeah, yeah. and then it's like, oh, now I got my <laughs> four-second shot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, see you, you know. See you next month when we get the perfect shot right. for this other scene. You know? Which was, which is interesting because mm-hmm. they talk a lot about the photography golden hour in this movie where um, a twilight, where, where right, like... Right. Like, uh, the lighting, it's a thing in photography. Like, the lighting right, is perfect. Right. Go take your pictures. Everything looks fucking great because it's the golden hour. It's the time to fucking shoot stuff, which is, uh, I found funny because he's working in a medium where he doesn't have to do that. Like, <laughs> he doesn't have to care about that because he's drawing whatever the fuck he wants. So, but... I feel like that is... I mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't think he was using that in that sense. He was He's talking not. About, it's just interesting that Yeah, it was it was a very magical thing for him lately. And Yeah, to to in the movie it's used as kind of this magical point where right. like the the magic happens or whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. You know. And I think he was drawing this from linguistics that I don't quite fully understand in Japanese where there was like a little Japanese lesson yeah, about it. Where it was yeah. kinda talking about that and it being that I guess the phrase of who are you is derived from the same root as twilight in japanese yeah and that comes from this kind of mystical interpretation that in twilight it was the moment where you could meet something otherworldly or inhuman yeah and the question then arises at that moment 
who are you? Are you an, a, a person? Are you, yeah. a, a, or are you something mystical and weird and bizarre? And which I, which I don't know. I, I liked that little moment. That is, where... yeah, that, that's a great idea, and that's mm-hmm. something that is a really cool idea that could only come out of something like the Japanese language, where right, these right. The things are built on each other. And there's things like that in English, I'm sure, but oh yeah, yeah. but. Um, and it seems like such a cool, yeah. like, <laughs> and it kind exotic of, uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of parallels this, I think, to the whole idea that they transition when going to sleep yeah. or when waking up at those twilight moments. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Or at least what ideally, if you're sleeping on a proper schedule, would be you'd go to bed when the sun goes down and get up and the sun comes up. At, at yeah, and, well, and, they, and they were going to school, <clears throat> so theoretically they were... Right on the schedule on, on a schedule of some kind <laughs> right, yeah, that right. would match up with that. So, and they did say that it didn't happen all the time. So maybe so, those were the days they just didn't wake up at the. Yeah, <laughs> maybe on the certain days they were perfectly synced or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean uh, it's it, it's it's not something to get truly logical on, but like, right, right. They're sleeping, you know, years apart. <laughs> yes, through like, time yes, and space. You know, and it's that's a, that's another. Uh, bit of the the symbolism, I guess, that I enjoyed was the 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 rope, the little the ribbon thing that she yeah, wears, that was cool, and how it's like talking about time being woven together from all these different strands. Yeah, that, yeah, and, and I just really liked that imagery, and it ties it into something else, which I I see a lot in anime is this the little red string that's tied from one person's finger to another person's finger. It's okay. like this. I guess it kind of to put it in sort of a Western equivalent would be like um, the threads of fate, like where you have the the Greek gods that were the weaving and their threads of destiny or something. It's yeah, like, it's kind of like tie, kind of a similar thing to that, where you, where people who are destined to be in love are said to be connected by a red. Th- oh, okay, thread. and okay. that's what that thing is: is this red little yeah, ribbon yeah, that yeah, she yeah. has, and she gives to him. And so there's this point where he's wearing this thing as a kind of a wristband kind of thing and then she's got it tying up her hair and it's right and then as time goes on you realize like where he got the thing and it's it's really cool i liked that yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. and so and i just like the way it it tied all that together and it was another fun little bit of symbolic interestingness yeah for sure for sure okay I guess the other thing, and I meant to go and check out the dub version of this scene just to see how it was handled, was um, there's a scene in there where she wakes up in his body and she's talking to his friends and she uses the feminine pronoun of watakshi. Oh, yeah, I and remember that. And then she like, yeah. goes through this list of these other pronouns until they're like, no, that's the one you're supposed to be using. Right, right. And I'm curious how they would have handled that in... The English dub, because all of that translates to I. Yeah. All of the words she used there have no distinction in English. There's yeah, there right. there's absolutely no separation between them. They have that has no meaning in English. So yeah. How well, that scene was done, I'm just curious how they <laughs> <laughs> how they did that one scene because it's a very strange little one there. Yeah, that's like an inherently Japanese moment. Right. And so, I mean, I'm sure they translated it to something on a similar vein or something, but I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm just not sure how they would have handled it. It might have, uh, 
might have changed it into something else entirely that would make sense in maybe. English. Maybe. And, or maybe they, I don't know, maybe they just threw some subtitle explanation of what's going on. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't Crazy know. Japanese yeah, comments. There are a few weird moments in there where the subtitles just uh, kind of annotate things slightly in weird ways. Well, it, even in that moment, the subtitles say something like... Yeah, it was like feminine oh, pronoun, yeah, and then it kind of goes through. There's another one where the grandma is talking about uh, time and being like a thread and, and nodding, and, and yeah. she's using the, the word musubi, and then it doesn't really translate that normally. It just it goes... It, the subtitles actually put that Japanese word in there. Yeah, that yeah. For some reason, the translators felt that it was important to emphasize that strongly enough that they uh -huh. wanted to leave the Japanese word in there rather than just translating it straightforwardly. Yeah. And I'm not sure why they did that, but it was a little weird one. Oh, maybe if you watch it a third time. Maybe. <laughs> there was some moments in there where I think the translation kind of botched it up in the subtitles. Oh, yeah? Of there's some scenes, because memory loss is a very big part of this story for sure. And yeah, you don't the, remember like, the dreams. And right, stuff. and when they're waking up, it's a dream, and they are forgetting a lot of these things. And, yeah. And hence the title of it, because they keep forgetting each other's names. Yeah. And so there's there's a few moments <clears throat> towards the end where they're, they're saying a line of dialogue, and it puts the name in there. But when I was listening to it, they never actually say the name. And I think those scenes were kind of a... a foreshadowing i guess or a statement that they don't remember that name oh okay but, but it's in the subtitles as if they were speaking that character's name yeah because like that scene where he goes back to the cave and finds the sake bottles and he goes and he says oh this is the the little sister i forget her name but he's, he says her name uh -huh. and then he points to the other and this is hers but he does not say mitsuha's name he oh, doesn't, okay. because he's not remembering her name right and but the subtitles put it in there uh, and so okay. I'm thinking, like, I, I think they kind of botched the intention of that scene a little bit with the translation. But I didn't notice that specifically, but I did notice when they were, like, they kept, the guy was, like, reciting her name. And then he's like, I'm not going to forget it. And he said it a bunch of times. And then, like, literally the next line, he's just like, what was her name? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, dude, you just said it. Come on. <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> I mean, clearly that's the point of it. but Right, right. And like any uh, time you try to remember a dream thing, sometimes, you know, you remember it super clearly and then the next moment you don't. So, like, I get it, but right. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a bit of a... <laughs> and then ar around that time, too, um, the I think it was when the girl couldn't remember his name. She says... There's something in the subtitles were like, who are you? And then I think it said, who, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were, there was a few grammatic errors. Which is very else. funny to me yeah. because, because the who the song who does say that. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. Who, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was dying. This is like, I don't know if that's intentional, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Which is, which also ties into the, the thing with, that where I, was talking about like VR in the future and things, uh, people not going into reality. The the Who's album, Who's Next, hmm. is based on Pete Townsend's sci-fi story 
about basically that, <laughs> where people are locked in these experience suits where they're just experiencing their whole life through the suits and through the internet basically right and and then uh there's a hacker that like gets in the the fucking airwaves of the (laughs) internet and tells people like hey there's a whole world out here and then they go see the who and they're like wow the world is amazing and so are the who and but then the 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 whole thing ends with won't get fooled again where the end of that song is like oh we won't get fooled again but then meet the new boss same as the old boss and like oh fuck they're gonna get trapped again it's humanity like human nature is to get fucking tricked i don't know i love the who so uh uh you know these things are just uh all throughout pop culture you know it's it's that that cord of time just connecting yes and, it and is yes falling apart and reconnecting and yes and weird unexpected areas like the who and <laughs> yeah uh yeah very interesting no i like this movie your name i, yeah. I know it it doesn't necessarily sound like that yeah but i thought you were a little more uh, down on it from your opening of uh <laughs> the music sucks <laughs> i don't like the music and if i watched it again i would still not like the music right, right. um but I I can look past that, even though it's a fairly large chunk of <laughs> time. Yeah, I was. I have to say, I was I was a little worried about this because it's such a modern movie, and you tend not to like modern movies. I don't. Yeah. And so I was a little like, I don't know. It's a modern movie. Does Will have any? I don't know. Will Will have any appreciation for modern anime? I don't know. Well, I mean, other than the music, everything else is basically the same as any other anime i mean i don't know that there's anything terribly modern other than that music yeah i mean mean, it's not hollywood so it's uh well yeah there's one thing about that that's you know that's there's one plus (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i mean i like some hollywood modern movies too that i've seen i don't know can't think of any offhand but well get out get out was fucking dope but that's not necessarily a studio movie i mean i guess it was made by a studio but it's more Mm. um i don't know it feels more independent to me but that movie was fucking awesome um escape plan that's kind of modernish escape plan i I enjoy escape plan yes i still feel like that's outside of the 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 norm the norm because it's like old guys making an action yeah, movie yeah. it's like, kind of it is inherently kind of referring to the right and, right and, but that movie's fun you get to see arnold fucking cussing people out and telling yeah. them that uh, he's gonna cut off their balls in german and stuff <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, and on top of it it's like you don't normally see arnold as the intellectual character right, right, so it was right. just it was just fun to see yeah. him play in a different role than he was than is he's known for it's yeah just not no, just the I, bodybuilder who hits things but, <laughs> you know. he's a good actor i stand by that i don't give a fuck <laughs> people say he's not a good actor i don't I, he is fucking phenomenal in my eyes i think he's great if you watch i watched all of his movies i reviewed them all there is a wide range of uh arnold's out there yeah. um and uh he it takes Comedy is is known to be like a hard thing to act in. Arnold does great comedy. He does great fucking action, like one-liner guy. 
He's in dramas and he's fucking competent. He's a, he's a fucking great actor. You can't be a dude from Austria and become one of the biggest stars ever and not be fucking good. Like, it's just yeah. Arnold, man. Yeah. I, mean, I was just thinking of a Kindergarten Cop, and I was like, oh, yeah. that was I enjoyed that movie. But I mean, I haven't seen it in since I was a kid. But you know, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, and I didn't like it when I was a kid. I thought it was uh, there was a point in Arnold movies when I was a kid where I got disappointed that he wasn't fucking stuff. commando yeah. <laughs> predator total recall like he went into more of the comedy movies where like twins and mm-hmm. kindergarten cop and all that stuff um and so when I rewatched all of those movies as an adult I fucking loved like all of them I was like <laughs> wow these are these are like solid movies <laughs> <clears throat> So there's something else I kind of noticed in this watching of it is this paralleling of um, the sliding doors in her house and these train doors. Yeah, they showed a lot of those. I like those There's a lot of those side-by-side shots of the one sliding and the other, like, bouncing back and forth. It seems like there's a lot of paralleling of things in this movie as... Yeah, paralleling well, what's going on in this little rural town and what's happening in Tokyo. Yeah, when it started, I thought I didn't, I wasn't like waiting for oh, where, where's the supernatural stuff or where's the sci-fi stuff. I just it started and it was like okay, she's a rural uh, country girl and she wants to be in the city, and then now we got this guy and he's in the city and he's gonna like want to be in the country. But then it didn't do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, we're, he didn't really want to be in no, the country, No, he didn't per se. Re- Like, well, he was just fine doing <laughs> yeah, his city was, thing, you know? Yeah, I think to some degree, I think that's just kind of Japan in general. Everybody wants to be in Tokyo. Yeah. And nobody really wants, like, everything is in Tokyo. It's like the population center of the country. Right. Um, if you are doing any kind of entertainment industry, anything ever, you basically have to be in tokyo because that's where it all is yeah um, like any actors or singers anything if, you, if you're doing anything it's basically got to be in tokyo or else you're not a part of uh, the main industry there's no there's no entertainment in osaka <laughs> i'm sure there's like stuff but i mean if, I you, if you're like making a movie or something yeah, i know or, i'm so, just fucking just, with you like all the the main industry stuff is in Tokyo, and everybody wants to move there. It's just this thing, and that's it's very. Uh, and a lot of anime have kind of dealt with this. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit in one of the Gamera movies of this. Yeah, this, there was this conflict that, yeah. of the the country versus the city. Um, Shiki was like that. The, yeah, that vampire one where they're out in this. It's it's very. It, then you had this character that really wanted to go to Tokyo and she's right. I mean, it's common just right, as right. a human to not want to be where you start and like right, want the right. opposite. And, and that's kind of, and, and that's kind of what you were thinking where it was going to be. They both wanted the, what the other. Yeah. Had. And so I thought and it, it was going to do that because it's, it's more about just this general, like everybody wants to be in Tokyo, which is kind of this yeah. Japan thing of everybody wants to move to Tokyo. Well, I liked that it didn't go there because yeah, it, it, kept it a little different yeah well i mean to set it up and then it doesn't do that and then it starts going in this totally different weird like body swapping direction through dreams and like that's uh i don't 
there's clearly been movies where people have body swapped before. Yeah. But like, there's... I don't know that I've ever seen anything like this. And, right. And, right. And I it's... think that it's uh, it's told very well, where you're like, you're always engaged with the the next element. Like, right. Like, oh and shit. Remember, oh shit. I remember in the theater, like at some point. I think it must have been when the guy went out on this date with his coworker. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was thinking like, oh man, like are we just going to be doing this whole thing? Is this the whole movie? They're just going to be living in each other's lives and bouncing back and forth. Yeah, Is it yeah. this just the whole movie? And then it just immediately like like a minute or two later after I was thinking, oh man, it's just going to be stuck in this rut the whole way. It's just suddenly it stops. You're just like, wait, what? It stops. Like, what do you mean it stops? (laughs) Yeah. And suddenly it goes in this whole different direction. And it's, it's constantly natural though. Yeah. It's, it, it's constantly changing uh, where it's headed. And yeah, that, that's like when I talk about, I find this one to be the most watchable one. Like it's, it's like constantly doing things and yeah, where like interesting where his you. other movies are kind of just this one concept, and they're just gonna hit that all the way through. Yeah, you know, Voices of a Distant Star. They're getting further and further and further apart, and that's all that right. is. And five centimeters, they're just not meeting up and not meeting up, and that, right. that's all there is. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, it's a yeah. Lot this of feels more complete for sure. Right, right. And yeah, there's a lot of uh, transitioning. A lot of transitions. I think that's more of where it's like passing through from one thing to another, from day to night. From uh-huh. that. I think that's where that emphasis on those doors opening and closing is coming in. Is yeah. kind of there's a lot of just moving from one thing to another. Of and then you have the scene where the grandma is taking them to this little cave out in the backwoods, and she's like, you cross this river you're in the underworld and like there's another oh, yeah, yeah. another transition there like all these different things are like from passing from one moment into the next of from one yeah like you step across this threshold and become in a different situation there's also the i don't know if it's a term called sliding doors or <laughs> if it's based on there was a movie I don't know, late 90s with Gwyneth Paltrow called Sliding Doors. Hmm. And I don't know if that's where the thing got its name or if it was a thing before that. But basically that movie is um, basically, I haven't seen the movie. I just saw the trailer. But I know the concept is like she's one person and at this one moment in her life, if she went through like this one door instead of this other door she wouldn't have met her husband and she would have met this other guy and hmm. and so the movie shows like both things like progressing oh. uh at, from what i understand hmm. and so every time i see the sliding doors i always think like oh With that movie like, yeah. like is it, is he trying to play to this idea of like choice and affecting your life and the destiny and things and to some degree, I feel like there is some of that here because there is like this thing that happened that then they are trying to change by doing things differently. Right, right. Um, It's not handled in any kind of normal way. Right. It's, uh... but uh, I think it's there. It's something that I would have to like watch it again and and think about it. It didn't strike me as a, a central theme of it, but no, definitely not. But like, 
I feel like there's some element of that that's at least in play. Mm -hmm. Because they are trying to change the course of things. Right. Towards the end there. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. I'm thinking of, because uh, you mentioned that, that splitting off, and it strikes me that's a lot of uh, what the later volumes of The Hitchhiker's Guide were about. Oh, really? Like, it does a lot of that in the later books. Oh, okay. Um, and that some of the, huh. the major stuff going on there is about that. Huh. Like, so there's the... And then there's the multiverse from comic books. That, yeah, uh, the DC thing where there's multi things going yeah, on. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not sure when Marvel did it. I'm not sure which one did it first. They both oh. basically do that where there's all these different versions of Earth with their superheroes. I thought that was just a DC thing. No, Marvel's done its oh, own weird. stuff of it too. Not that I pay um, attention, but... Because I know there's like... And this has been fairly recent. I don't know. I'm not sure when Marvel started doing it. They made the ultimate... Series. Oh and yeah, that is a separate thing. Yeah. And and I guess at some point they've occasionally crossed over and like oh, they, they'll okay. so they were which is basically I mean, DC was doing that kind of shit back in like the fifties or forties even. That's maybe. why I, I think of it as a. DC I, I think DC is probably the first one to start it, but I I wouldn't verify that. I mean, yeah, Marvel yeah. was doing stuff back then too, so who knows? It's just my my schoolyard understanding of the Marvel Universe in the early 90s was that DC had multiple Earths and multiple universes all running simultaneously and Marvel all of the comics of the Marvel catalog were all happening at the same time in this or roughly the same time in one right, right. like real world universe because like Spider-Man's actually in New York and like Batman has his own fictional version of Chicago and New York put together, Gotham City and right, stuff right. like that. So, yeah, yeah it probably I'm sure was a DC thing to start with, and then Marvel kind of eventually yeah, wound I'm, up with it. I mean, I don't know because, like, again, I'm, this is what I learned right, in elementary right. school talking to fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not and, like it's like Wikipedia, you know? It's yeah. like who, who knows what. The, and the thing with Marvel and DC is that they're often made by the same people. Like the, the, people the writers do, yeah. and artists bounce back and forth between those two companies they, so much. It's do, not like yeah. a, a set group of people who always work together. Right. So a lot of times a, a writer will be like, oh, I would love to write a, a Iron Man story, but I'm working for DC right now, so I'm going to make this faux iron man for decent to just to right. tell the story i wanted to tell yeah and so a lot of that kind of there's a lot of that ba back and forth and so there's always like superheroes that are practically the same concept or there are yeah for uh, sure and stories that kind of mirror each other and <laughs> between the two companies yeah. in, weird, in weird ways that you just don't get in other media with <laughs> as right. in quite the same way it's it's strange yeah, well, I mean, at some level, DC is trying to do it in the movies. <laughs> They're trying <laughs> yeah, to mirror the of, success of Marvel. Now it's kind of gone the other way. But it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, I guess those movies are still successful, but... Yeah, I don't think they're losing money on them, but they're, yeah, defi they're definitely not doing the whole Marvel, everybody loves it thing, but... Yeah, well, yeah, they have a different, a different tone that they're going for which is probably just a dc thing anyway. yeah i mean and, and that's fine but they seem to be 
just in general not doing as good a job at their tone than Marvel is at doing their tone. So right, yeah. They're they yeah DC is kind of just trying to follow Nolan and uh, do the Nolan thing and being all dark and edgy with it, I guess. Yeah, I get. I guess I don't know. Yeah, and I haven't really watched enough of the, them to really know. That's just the feeling I've gotten from the trailers and stuff. Yeah, is that they're they are. Well, they are because the the Batman trilogy was so successful that they were like, oh, we've got to do this right for all of our DC stuff, and and Marvel's just going off on the. We're just gonna have fun with shit. But that's how Marvel comics always were when yeah, I was a kid. I, I like, think that's also perhaps coincidentally but it's paralleling what the comic books are the marvel comics always kind of struck me as more lighthearted. yeah and dc was much more of a oh well here's here's batman solving a mass murder <laughs> you know it's like, <laughs> like all right like some serial killers on the loose and he's gonna be like killing people every issue until he finally ca- catches the guy yeah <laughs> it's yeah like yeah, and then to make that into a fucking <laughs> a lighthearted popcorn movie. Yeah, just, just so maybe that's just yeah you know, the way right. DC needs to head and should head. But right, I don't know. All I know is that I watched those that Superman movie, and it was like pretty, pretty fucking. <laughs> pretty bad and then i mean it was all right i guess but i don't know <laughs> not wasn't feeling it and then the second one where they brought in batman was just a total fucking train wreck pile of shit that i don't even know how anybody like fucking sits through that movie and i sat through it and i was like what am i doing <laughs> what am i jesus all i know is that everything i saw in the trailer i was like oh that's in like Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns. Great. I yeah. could just read that. <laughs> like, why am I going to watch this movie? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, and then it's a better version in the comics. <laughs> it's not like they they transitioned well, they, it to the new medium and did it successfully. It's pretty yeah, bad. It's like, hell, they made an animated version of Dark Knight Returns. And they did. Watch yeah. that. Supposedly it's good, too. Yeah, it's pretty decent. I don't know that it's any better than the comic book, but, you know. Yeah. If you have a hankering to watch the comic book. Uh, See, that's the thing. Okay. I don't I don't really, like, I'm sure it's good, but I just, I, I got the comic. I'll just read the comic. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of. It seems weird. It's such a good comic that you'd have to make a really good movie out of it to make it really worth yeah. uh, watching rather than reading. And it's two parts, too, which it just strikes me as like, do I, I don't want to waste that much fucking time on this. Well, if I remember, I think both parts together probably wouldn't be much longer than a normal movie. Oh, really? Though. I don't think they're... The animated ones usually aren't all that long. Oh, I thought it was like a full fucking four hours no, total or something. I don't think so. I mean, it's been a while, so I don't really remember it, but... Yeah. I don't think... I'm, I'm sure it wasn't no four hours, but... I guess it maybe it was three or something. I don't know, but... Yeah. I don't know. Anyway... But, it was basically the comic book, but they made the fight scenes bigger and longer. So, oh. which in, in a way I think is kind of what you need to do. It's kind of the play to the strengths of the medium, which in movies is movement and 
yeah. action. So yeah, right. emphasizing those moments is kind of what you need to do when you're going to transition there. But For sure, for sure. I mean, yeah, if you could just had, well, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I'm just thinking of Blade of the Immortal. There's a lot of fights in that and like they seem competent. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that you would need to beef those up, but that's a specific one case. Yeah. I mean, I, don't know. I mean, just in general, you got to play to what your medium does well and yeah, how yeah. your medium works. Yeah. I mentioned the Salvatore, the way he writes action and Jim Butcher in one of these previous podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept thinking about it and, it was like the the best way I could describe it is that I love Hong Kong movies. I love them. Mm-hmm. Imagine the coolest choreographed fight, but you're reading it. It just doesn't translate the same. Right, right. It's and just... so, like, I don't see the point <clears throat> of choreographing to that level of intricacy on a page Right, because like, the, the point of an action scene is to see action right. and have this adrenaline-pumping thing that you're really never going to get in a, from reading. It, right. I mean, you can have cool action in books, and, and it's its own thing, but, like... If you're trying to make it cinematic, it's not really Yeah, I just... Work. I yeah. don't know. And it's, it's just... I came to that later, and then here I am <laughs> <laughs> at this moment saying it. So, uh, your name, do you... I don't know. Do we... Um, have anything else about this thing? I was kind of thinking that um, the ending of it, to me anyway, seemed almost deliberately calling back to Five Centimeters ending, where they're running around trying to meet each other. Yeah. And that seemed to be how Five Centimeters was ending, where he's just going around town like, where is she? He I, was. I want to find her. It's just like wandering this town, constantly looking for her. And that's like it almost felt deliberate, like he was just saying, "This is where five centimeters ended, and I'm gonna do this with it." Well, and don't in five centimeters doesn't he like think he sees her, and then the train goes by, and then she's gone, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, well, I don't know," and then he moves on. Right. There's a bunch of little moments like that yeah. where he'll walk past a girl and be like, "Oh, was that her?" Oh, oh I don't know. Right. <laughs> and, and so that's where this movie is significant in that they meet <laughs> yeah yeah he actually sees her and go, oh right. crap that's her like and, yeah they don't just it spends like several minutes of him wandering around town looking for it. and and that whole time the first time through it was like this super intense moment for me because i kept thinking of five centimeters i'm yeah. like oh god it's five centimeters again oh god he's never <laughs> it's like oh it's like it's just and, and you're just wandering around like oh he's never gonna meet it like oh this is shinkai he doesn't end happy <laughs> right right and and then they kind of meet and that's kind of where it's like i feel like it's kind of an answer to five centimeters is that 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 one never really felt like it had a conclusion and yeah and this one is kind of going back to like this is the conclusion (laughs) well there i feel like there was a conclusion i remember thinking about that because he's he 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 doesn't see the like he thinks he sees her she's gone and then he goes all right well i'm gonna move on and he's like i feel like he's then going to like continue with his life 
Right. But right. then also at the same time, I remember the first when I I came to that because I was talking to you about it, and you sort of guided me to that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. when I first saw the movie, it's like he has that moment, and then the song plays where he's happy, and then it was like, wait a minute, is he like? happy that he's just gonna live his life fucking always searching for this girl like what the fuck how fucked up is that (laughs) yeah i think if there was any like moral to five centimeters it's that your emotions aren't going to go away yeah like everything in five centimeters like he's doing all these things to get rid of this emotion of of loneliness yeah but he wants this girl and so he gets a girlfriend that doesn't help he quits his job that doesn't help like all these things he's doing that have perhaps ruined his life nothing is getting rid of that he's going to have that emotion and instead of fighting it he just has to accept it yeah and live with it and that's that's another theme that just runs through all of his movies okay uh, including this one in that you know there again memory loss being such a big deal but there's always this moment like where and where that opening where they're talking about i always wake up with this feeling of sadness and i don't know why okay yeah like yeah. like even completely and utterly forgetting an entire relationship doesn't mean like that emotion was still in them. They can't, yeah. like, it's just, it's a part of you. It's not going away. And okay. Like it's, it's in all of his movies. That's always there is like this. You still have this emotion. It doesn't just vanish. You can't just go, Oh, well it's done. And yeah. Set I mean, it aside. It's, yeah. Well, you have to feel <laughs> that emotion to sort of, you know, it's a, you can't have, happiness without sadness sort of thing you, you would have no barometer if right you, right if you don't know the both sides of the thing um yeah but this movie ends where they do meet and it is more happy right right <laughs> and so you see that as like the answer it it feels perhaps not i mean i don't mean like in a narrative sense or in a well i know but like like it it feels like like he's moved on as an artist yeah yeah it's like like, he's now able to make that ending yeah he wasn't able to do before that it didn't feel like right a a real ending to him before yeah like what like i still like the last time i wonder what happened to this guy (laughs) he's an interesting guy did he did he finally you know like get married or settle down yeah i'm not i'm not sure i don't know what his uh his his love life is like in any way well i feel like it was filled with a lot of loneliness and sadness before yeah i mean he's (laughs) he's mentioned in like the interviews and stuff he always mentions that a lot of times it's like he'll he'll like call back to these old emotions he's had as like like some girl that he liked when he was younger and like and i I kind of feel like there was some big thing yeah some affection for somebody and and that relationship never panned out, perhaps never even really started. And This is true, yeah. And was, has always been this lingering regret in him somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, huh. but uh, he kind of uh, seems to have dealt with it with, <laughs> with, yeah, the, yeah. with this movie. So maybe, maybe the next movie. Yeah, so it, it, it does make me very curious as to where his uh, next movies are going to go. Yeah, I would be, I would be interested in that. I mean, obviously, but 
Um, do you know if he's making something? Or? Um, the interview said his next movie will probably be out in another two or three years. So, and it takes a while to make them. So, right. So, so I'm sure he's working on something. A couple of years from the Japanese release is 2018. So, yeah. 2018. So probably yeah, next year maybe. And then maybe a year after that, we'll actually get a hold of it. And yeah. Be able to watch it properly uh, localized. Well, in the meantime, though, we have uh, we have a couple other ones. Yeah, there are a couple that I haven't seen. uh, If you want to uh, check those out. Yeah, no, I'm I'm very interested in the Miyazaki one. Yeah, I'm kind of interested in that too now because like I was really bitter about it before, and like now that I've like because I was like, you can do better than this, and and now he has done better than this, so I feel like I've gotten that thing that I needed out of it. So maybe the the frustration of you you could have made a better one well because he did make a better one so now i'm not not going to be as upset that it's not living up to what i wanted yeah and even just just seeing it again knowing right right knowing what, what i'm it getting is into and yeah well that alone can often like make a film better you're not going to sit there waiting for like okay when is he going to make this one great <laughs> uh that always is yeah so i, I think that one, I definitely want to get. That's another of his really full-length, two-hour feature film yeah. thing. So. And there's only, like, one more, right? Um, the only... Th- I think he's only done three really full-length ones, and that would be Place Promised in Early Days, Children Who Chase Lost Voices, and this one. Yeah. The, so I only, only haven't seen so there's only t- Lost Voices and Garden of Words. Yeah, I think those are the only two yeah. you haven't seen yet. All right. And Garden of Words is only, like, I think it's less than an hour, so... That one's a fairly short one. All right. Well, coming up uh, at some point yeah. <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. The the, the yeah. ominous someday. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to them. Uh, anything else? I'm trying to think about anything else. I don't know. Yeah. Unless you want, to, want me to mention some of the inspirations he talked about in the interview. Sure. There were a few few things that kind of surprised me that like uh, Breaking Bad was oh, an yeah? influence on this apparently. Breaking Bad is fucking dope. Have you ever watched I've, that? I've never watched it, so I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but it's fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah, and he he said that when he was making this movie, he was really getting into that show, yeah. and and so he I, he didn't really have any specific ways that it influenced him, more just like. I was absorbing this while I was making this, so it must have had some influence on yeah. my output, kind of a thing. But he was he was huh. very fond of its directing style, and it's was, very well made. It's so. very well done. One of the guys that uh, was a, a writer on X Files, Vince Gilligan, is the guy who created that show, huh. and uh, he he cast uh, Brian Cranston, the main guy in Breaking Bad. He cast him as some like fucking villain of the week in x-files and was so impressed with him that he was just always in his head and when he came up with this idea for breaking bad he was just like that's the fucking guy i know (laughs) that guy can do it and he got him and now he's like a big star um but uh yeah that fucking show is really good really fucking good yeah, so he, uh, he he mentioned that. Oh, huh, that's like, cool. Oh, well, that that d- does not strike me as anything even resembling this movie, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Is there any sort of uh, 
connection. You know, Shinkai thing. I don't know. He was watching a ton of it while he was making this movie. It's a very interesting setup because the the main guy is a science teacher, and he finds out that he has cancer, and he's going to die. So he's living on a teacher salary, so he doesn't have money, and he's his wife is is uh, randomly got pregnant like 16 years after their other kid was born so now he's like i'm gonna die i have one kid who has uh cerebral palsy and my wife and a new baby that's coming like i gotta fucking provide like how the fuck am i gonna do this and Mm -hmm. then he falls into like well if i sell drugs like (laughs) i'm a fucking chemist I'm amazing at this shit. I could make the best meth ever. <laughs> and so I'm just going to do it until I get this set amount of money and then I'll get the fuck out. But then he can't get the fuck out. Right. And it's so fucking good. Like I, I, I wasn't super into it. Cause like, I don't really care about uh, like everybody that I knew that was talking about it was like, Oh shit. It's so cool. The fucking drugs and shit. And I was like, I don't fucking care. But when I started watching it, like a few minutes into the first episode, I was like, Oh shit, this is some real deal shit. Like this is high quality fucking, uh, uh, just like it's, it's dope. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I I've, I kept hearing about it and I was like, the hype train on this is way too much. Like the, it, you can't actually have something that deserves this much hype something's gotta i don't trust this it (laughs) really it really deserves that it's fucking good like it's super fucking good um that show gets a lot of hype game of thrones gets a lot of hype and it deserves it and the wire people talk about the fucking wire like (laughs) oh this is the greatest show ever the wire i watched it it's the fucking greatest show. <laughs> it is so goddamn good. And I watched all of those. Like I started watching those at the same time. And I was just like, man, TV is amazing. Yeah, there was this time <laughs> back when all that was going on where people were like, oh, it's the golden age of TV. We've yeah. like, never had TV this good before. It's it's really um, with with movies going super huge budget, a lot of the mid-range like movies that would have been made for adults – Mm-hmm. like just aren't getting made and they, nobody mm-hmm. will fund them and so like a lot of those kind of stories are like getting filtered to TV um, and increasing the the level of quality or whatever yeah so yeah fucking Breaking Bad so what else was he saying um, another one that uh, I know you're at least a little familiar with is Ron Mahaff oh okay cool that he was he said he was modeling the uh the dialogue off of uh their relationship and the, oh really the the, the, ba- the oh, bickering yeah, they between do. The they do go back and forth he said he was that. trying to give it that feel that uh, okay. like Akane and Ranma have this huh argumentative relationship and he was trying to kind of replicate that I could kind of see that yeah so I was like oh hey that's kind of I do feel like the dialogue in this movie is is like I mean maybe because we skipped a couple of movies like I feel like the writing itself was just of a higher caliber. Yeah, yeah, that's that seems to be the big jump here. In, yeah, and the big change here is is this insertion of this comedy, this actual. And what I meant by it, it's like it suddenly feels like almost like a Mamoru Hosoda film because his movies are all about that diet, that back banter, 
that dialogue yeah, okay. between people and it feels like oh he's got that nailed now and that that's what was missing from all of his previous films and now it's here and yeah it's, it's one of the reasons why this i feel like this one you know, he's, he's stepped it up it's now where <laughs> like I, I wanted his his stuff to be it's like he's gotten there and this that's part of why is this this improvement to the dialogue and the writing here for sure and uh, i do want to say we talk about oh the, a lot of comedy it's not like it's not a it's it, not like funny like fucking yeah, comedy it's, just, it's more like how like the natural comedy of life and reality like there's right, just right. shit that happens and it's sometimes it's funny and it's not so much like joke to joke like a comedy right it's not um, a that's not the point of the movie no it's, it's just that it's very natural feeling yeah and it's it just feels, these people you know, talking and sometimes what they say is funny yeah um, it's w- very well done and i, I just I, I think one of my favorite parts is when she, when she's bickering with him and they're they're like going back and forth about their life. It's just like, why is there a girl in love with me now? <laughs> like, like, what have you done to my life? <laughs> like, it just has the scene of this girl with this love letter, like, oh, like handing it to her, and she's like, what? <laughs> like, where did this come from? That's funny. That that hit me in the movie i was laughing when i was watching in the theater and it still laughed at it again still got you what else was there <laughs> there were some weird uh weird stories there was I'm trying to remember what there was some weird little short stories one was uh one was about some guy who sees this uh girl that he thinks is really hot and so he's going to come up with this like pickup line to try and pick her up and it, he was going to be like, oh, we have we knew each other as children, but we both got this disease that gave us amnesia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's like this really weird story. He's like, and that's kind of like, he was like, oh, it kind of gave him this concept of people who had known each other in the past and then forgot and then meet later uh-huh. and go, oh, this we've, we've met before. It kind of gave him yeah. that, which is okay. kind of a, a core element of this. There is that, yeah. Um. I want to say there was some other weird one. I can't remember what the other one was. It was some other weird little like element of of the movie that he kind of got the idea from some some other story that he was right that he read at some point. Hmm. Ah, blanking on that one, but it made me think of the last thing. Made me think of. Uh one thing and you cleared it up already so i don't know what the point is but (laughs) the point is i guess to just say it the when they're in each other's body i don't know that it happens so much when we're in tokyo but people in the village are like they recognize like hey you're not you (laughs) (laughs) like her dad just like when she goes to her dad to say yeah, like, yeah, oh, we got to like, do this. Are you? She's yeah. like, who are you? And it just seems so weird. Like, how do they know? Like, what? I mean, like, why? But then you were saying that, oh, well, this this thing that happened <laughs> throughout time to this yeah, yeah, specific a... family. So maybe they're just aware of it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. In the grandma certainly is. She definitely is, for sure. Because there's... She there's, mentions it. Yeah, and there's that other moment where she kind of says, oh, you're dreaming. Like yeah. She just, like, she's clearly recognizing that this is something strange happening that's not... 
the normal her. Uh, let's see, that was actually I think that's what it was. There was some other story about like a guy who would wake up in a different body every day or something. Oh, okay. Just like, and so that's where he kind of got this whole quantum leap. Yeah, it wasn't quantum <laughs> leap. It was like a a, a, a written science fiction yeah, story okay. that some guy had written, and he like sometimes it's wakes up as an old man or a kid huh. or a, like every time he wakes up in a different body. And oh so wow. Kind of, and he has to figure out what he's doing there. But, yeah. Wow. So. A lot of different random sources for a lot of different yeah. ideas that go into it. Um, well, that's normal. Yeah. Anytime you're, especially in this day and age, and where there's like, so much to draw from, shit yeah. is just everywhere, and you're just inundated with content and yeah. kind of. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the origin of how this came to be of uh, from a commercial he was doing. Oh. He, appa- he apparently made a commercial for okay. some kind of like test prep company that was gonna be. <laughs> And so he he was okay. and so he made this commercial where he had some guy in Tokyo and some girl living out on an island somewhere and they were both like taking whatever the Japanese equivalent of the SAT is. Yeah. And he he was just thinking and it just kind of struck him of this idea of here's these two people who don't know each other, they've never met, but they're both working towards the same goal. Yeah. Of, okay. And they they might meet in the future and he's just like, I could tell a longer story than this like two-minute commercial stuff oh, wow. like i could i could do something with it and yeah. that's kind of like and then everything else kind of fed into this concept it's like i can really make this into something more than just this <laughs> stupid commercial for a yeah that's cool that's cool <laughs> so it's i could of... totally make one of my <laughs> missed connections <laughs> movies with this yeah that, that fits with him perfectly <laughs> just it's like you just Got a nose for that, yeah. That people yeah. who are uh, separated yet connected, yeah, yeah. Which is good for for this day and age where where people are uh, on the computers, connected, but right, actually right. separate and not connected. So it kind of uh, yeah. reflects the times, especially with the first movie is based on like they're sending texts through a cell phone. So right, right. There's always it's... been some element of the technology, right. Um, and uh, it seems it seems fitting, yeah, for right. our culture I've, that is f- <laughs> further and further, further apart, spreading yeah. apart as we get more internet based. Yeah, that's so uh, kind of the combination of all his other previous themes. Yeah, of connection from through time, through space, through yes, true, true, through uh, age, through death in a way yeah what what's next i mean yeah it's he's like an interesting guy it's yeah. like he hit all these different little areas of oh well they're they're separated by time they're separated by space they're separated by uh, just knowing each other meeting each other and they're separated by death he's like as they're separated by social status and where they're supposed to be in life or, yeah and now, now i'm just gonna throw all of that into one <laughs> now what's he gonna do <laughs> what's what's the next step here yeah yeah it's, uh, it's maybe to do something completely actually completely different <laughs> it may, may be maybe he will step a little bit away from this uh i will believe it when i see it yeah i, I think he's gonna <laughs> i think he's gonna keep hammering this one for a bit but which is fine it's always different i mean it's the same but it's different yeah and yeah yeah i mean it's it's always kind of hitting it from a different angle yeah there's all yeah 
for sure. When it's when the new one, whenever I watch a new one, I'm like, oh, it's kind of the same thing. All right, here we go. <laughs> and then it always sort of branches into its own thing. Right. right. Um, especially with this one. Yeah, this one definitely uh, kind of took its own course. and Yeah, so. Yeah, and, I, and I, there's, yeah. to speak to that, there was something in the, the Stephen King memoir that he talks oh, yeah. about how he was saying, and he says very specifically in there, he says, I think no writer really has more than a few themes that they hit on over and over yeah, again. Yeah, for sure, yeah. And that he and he kind of went into a little of uh, examining what his themes were and technology and and its potential outcomes being one of them with uh, which is a, a reason why i enjoy Stephen <laughs> King. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's right up my wheelhouse yeah, so it's like so he kind of goes so not just a shinkai thing of no like, it's definitely like certain artists are, are like i mean not just certain artists most most people just are interested in certain things and right right like and that's where their creative energies are going to go yeah to. like uh Almost every Woody Allen movie is basically based on the same theme told in a different way. Mm-hmm. The themes of, of like reality or fantasy in a very broad sense. And mm. the way that he fucks with that is always the interesting part of, for me, of watching his movies. Um, but to people who don't like his movies (laughs) it is like like they're all the fucking same (laughs) what's the point Mm. so i think the only one i can think of that i've watched i think was oedipus rex rex as in destroys not yeah that's was was that i think that was one of his wasn't it i think that's it's not a feature there's i think he did a, a thing called that that's in a movie called New York Stories. Hmm. That's a short movie. I could be wrong. Yeah. Just remember it kind of being about this guy who had a girlfriend and like his, I think it was like his dead mother's face just appeared in the sky and started <laughs> shouting advice at him. And he was oh, like, Jesus. God dang it, mom. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm very, very vaguely remembering. Yeah. That, but I'll have to look that it was, up. That was a while ago that yeah. I saw that. Oddly enough, I think I saw that in like a school assignment for some reason. Oh, really? I can't even remember why. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird <laughs> one to see at school. But um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's it's a short movie, so that would yeah, make that, more sense for school. Yeah, because you would actually see it. Yeah, start you could to finish see in the a, whole thing. In a, yeah, one class. Huh? Well, uh, some would say that he's not worth checking out. I would say that he's very much worth checking out. <laughs> there you go. Um, for you personally, knowing you, I don't know that it would be the, the best avenue to go down, but there would be certain movies that I think you would enjoy. Yeah. He has weird stuff, apparently. So He does. He does. Kind of. Might hit me the right way. Might not. I don't know. Yeah. Certain movies would definitely engage some element of fantasy that you would like, but I don't. Most of them are more realist based. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, your name. It's a good one. Yep. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, and I think uh, people should see it yeah. if you're interested in this sort of thing. 
It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, li- watch it yourself and decide if you like the music or not. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's the big test. Do you, do you like the music? Well, I have to say that the name of the band that did the opening was, was oh, yeah? quite, I don't know, humorous, weird, goofy, whatever. It's called Rad Wimps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, really? Rad wimps. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Just, yeah. That's, it, that's, it's, well, it's, it's notable, I guess. It's definitely a compelling name. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good name, but it's, yeah, exactly. it's definitely one that you're not going to forget. <laughs> that reminds me, the the when we watched Galaxy Express and I was doing the getting the, the music info for the post that I put up. Mm-hmm. Um, the band is, I guess, a very famous band in Japan called Go Diego. And the the one of the main guys from that band, I guess, uh, is still like doing things on his own. Huh. And I guess he composed a bunch of songs for some of the Shin Megami Tensei games. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, I don't know what games or what songs, but uh, There's, I thought it was interesting because you're really yeah. into those games. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's normally when I think of the music in Megami Tensei, I think of um, Shoji Meguro because he does most of their soundtracks. Okay. But I think like these were actual song songs, mm. not necessarily the score, hmm. if that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Meguro does like pretty much all of them, but I mean, he's... And he's, I mean, he's not the one singing, obviously. When right. When there's a clearly there's a woman singing this song, he's clearly not the performer there. But <laughs> maybe he is. Maybe he's just got really damn good vocal range. I don't know. Or maybe he went to sleep and woke up as a woman and yeah, woke and up and, the, and then just <laughs> and the guys just wanted like what's this woman doing in the studio i've never seen her she knows the passcodes to get yeah. in the door i don't know <laughs> he's kind of weird today i don't know but i mean <laughs> he's singing i mean it sounds great I don't know. <laughs> got the recording i get whatever yeah well i don't know i i just remember looking it up and huh. and Peering into yeah, the that's, that's interesting the lineage, the, so you have to check it out or not. To, but yeah, uh, have to look into it because there's because uh, Shoji Meguro is kind of the the face of the music for yeah. Uh, the I don't think it was Tensei's like the games. newer games. I think it was one of the older games hmm. or a few of the older games. But anyway, yeah, just a little tidbit. Interesting <laughs> of that cool to... song in Galaxy Express. Yeah, that's and that's another one where there was just music segments scattered through it. There in was, a couple of there places was, and in a sim, and that's that's what I mean by it. it's like it's just something that happens in anime. And it you seems just... like for that it was more bridging the episodes in a similar way that I felt like this. It was kind of bridging <laughs> these sort of segments. end of the arcs yeah. into the next arc, sort of thing. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So I'll have to have to try and think up some more uh, examples of that to to annoy you with. Uh, <laughs> why is there music sequence in this? Movie? Well, if it's good, if it if it if it uh, appeals to my sensibilities, I don't mind. But yeah. you know, if yeah. I see a point to it, I don't know. Anyway, uh, watch and judge for yourself, and then let us know in a feedback if you so desire. Yep. Um, we'll be. 
glad to hear about it. I don't know that we'll be glad, but well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe it'll be like something horrific, and we just go, "Oh, why did you send us that?" I guess, but I'm not going to guarantee that I'm going to be glad. <laughs> I, I may be glad. I may not be glad. Who knows? Well, we'll see. That, that's another mystery to solve. Yeah, my emotional response will be uh, dependent on the moment and the feedback itself. Yeah. So, uh, so. <laughs> Send us the answer to the mystery. What do you think of the songs? And, and we will answer the mystery of will Will like it. Yes, yes we'll see. Um, so until next time, I, uh, adios. See ya. <laughs> Those stories are all lies.